Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're having Christmas in May this year, folks. Speaking of Christmas. <laughs> it's Vegan 101. <laughs> Vegan Radio 101. After all this time, we're back, and uh, we're better than ever. Definitely. Because we got Joanne MacArthur. Fabulous. Photographer. Ph- photographer, film star, author. And, and human- soon to be humane educator. Humane educator extraordinaire. <laughs> she does it all, folks. Joanne MacArthur, Canadian. She has a project called We Animals. She's been photographing animals for several years now in all kinds of situations factory farms sea shepherd she does uh animals in zoos other forms of entertainment rodeos um monkeys one of her coolest pictures is of a monkey well that i've seen the one of the monkey and the the person i guess it's an orangutan and a man in the back of a car yeah that one's pretty sweet they're all very amazing photos. She she uses her photography to capture cruelty in not only situations that are obviously cruel, but um, ones that some people wouldn't see as cruel, like zoos and yeah. circuses and rodeos, where you know, as a society, some people take a picture of a elephant in a circus and see it as this beautiful, amazing thing. Um, Joanne uses her wonderful artistic ability to give us a different perspective. Absolutely, and it comes through in this in the whole series. So you should all definitely check it out, whether it be on the internet or sometime, hopefully around Christmas. She has a book coming out under the title "We Animals," also. And the movie about her documentary. There's the a documentary. ghost in the machine. That's right. That's right. She's just busy, 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 putting She's out all this. She's about to become a super duper superstar. Yep, and and then on top of the We Animals project, which is her photography project, um, she has a foundation coming out, the We Animals Humane Education Foundation, where she's trying to take her message into schools and educate the youth about these the issues. Got to get the kids unvo- involved the and on board. Yep, get them chitlins. <laughs> Without further ado. We bring you Joanne MacArthur and our time with her in New York City. Vegan Radio. <laughs> We're here in Washington Square Park, New York City on a beautiful day in May 2013 with Joanne MacArthur, the uh, photographer extraordinaire and the we Animals Project. founder of We Animals. Um, and, and the We Animals Education Program. Yes. And subject of a new documentary coming out called Ghosts in the Machine. The Ghosts in Our Machine. The Ghost in Our Machine. One ghost? Several. Millions, Ghosts. actually. Ghost plural in our machine. She's basically the busiest photographer slash film star. <laughs> <laughs> and she's here in the city to, um, to work on her upcoming book. What will that be called? We Animals? Yeah, um, yeah, it's just gonna be called We Animals. I thought of other titles, but it's you know it's the first uh, book of over a decade of work. The project it has always been called We Animals, so we'll call the first book We Animals. When did We Animals become the name of the project? When did you transfer from just taking photographs to becoming We Animals? Uh, I was 
enjoying photography in all sorts of ways and going along my merry way. I'd always had quite a passion for animals and animal rights. And I eventually started noticing that I saw our treatment of animals differently than, uh, than other people did. Like what other people might find funny. The way animals are used in entertainment, for example, uh, I didn't find it funny at all. I thought it was really sad. And so I realized I could start photographing uh, the way I saw things. And that would be a unique project. And I called the project We Animals because uh, we, we humans certainly need reminders that we're also animals and that uh, we're a part of an ecosystem. We shouldn't see ourselves as on top of the ecosystem, dominating everything. That's what we do, and it's not working for us, is it? You know, like we're, we're ruining the environment, we're ruining the lives of billions of animals. So if we start seeing ourselves again as animals and as a part of something instead of uh, owning everything, then, uh, you know, things will change for the better. You're here. So we hope. You're here. And so you're being a, a, being a pioneer and being at the forefront of this, trying to show people what they're missing out on, um, kind of rekindling compassion. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there aren't a lot of uh, animal rights photographers. I mean, there are two of us <laughs> in a circle, <laughs> but that's really rare. It never, ever happens that I'm sitting with another animal rights photographer. Um, there, It's a kind of a niche market, as you know. So, when we need more of us, we need more people documenting animal issues. Uh, a lot of people are documenting human issues and human rights violations all over the world, wars. We're very human centric, of course, but uh, we need to shed light on, on these issues. And how can you worry about animals when there's so many humans <laughs> suffering? Here's my answer to that of all the charities and NGOs in the world, 95% of them are human centric. So, only um, the other 5% are split between animal NGOs and charities and environmental. So come on, there are enough people <laughs> working on the people. Uh, it's actually, you know, all the other aspects of the world that need a lot more help. So come on, join our side too. It's almost safe to say that by working for animals, you're working for people because it's all tying in together and that we're degrading the planet or degrading the quality of life for all beings by just putting that negative energy out into the world and you know, if you believe that we're all one and we're all on this planet sharing and cohabitating then we can't just disregard an entire population anymore and it will benefit humankind definitely to keep the animals happy and not torturing billions of souls Every year. Every year. So you're a documentarian. What, what do you see the ultimate goal of your efforts? Well, I don't think about the ultimate goal because, you know, I, I would like to end cruelty to animals globally. And that's a lofty goal. So you do think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I do. I That would be my ultimate goal. It is. But I need to concentrate on the present and the little changes that I can make in people's lives and changes I can uh, help support through organizations in uh, chipping away at industry and making industry visible So and, and educating. So that's, that's my role. Just focus on uh, baby steps. So what... When, when you first came up with the We Animals, when did it become the website and the foundation? And the, what were the steps kind of behind all of that? Uh, so I wanted to do this project looking at animal issues 
showing things from a different perspective. So I started closer to home and, you know, meat markets and circuses and, and uh, I liked to travel. So I would just go abroad and if things crossed my path, then I would document them. But then I got really invested and involved and I started seeking out organizations that I could work with. And then I got really heavily involved in campaigns around the world. And I was always chasing the campaigns, but now We Animals is quite big and it's well known now. So now the campaigns are chasing me and We Animals, which is which is great. Uh, Literally so chasing you with cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, and by that you mean there's a, there's a film that's just come out about me and my work and about animal issues. And it's called The Ghost in Our Machine. And it, uh, it tells the story of animal issues through my lens by Canadian director Liz Marshall. So from photographer to subject. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. It was an adjustment, but I'm still the photographer and always will be. So, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. And, and I knew what they needed. You know, they needed me to pretend that they were not there, as I often need my subjects to do. So it was fine. It was not, not too hard a transition. And does the, so does the film photograph on some specific aspect of your work, or is it the whole oeuvre? Uh, is that a Canadian word? Oeuvre. Oeuvre, eh? Good one. I know, eh? Sorry, eh? Um, the, the film wanted to tell stories of different animal industries, so it looks at animals used for food, entertainment, fashion, and animals used in research. And we did draw on the archive from We Animals, but we also wanted to tell new stories. So we followed the rescue of a, a dairy cow and a veal calf, uh, rescued by Farm Sanctuary. And we went undercover at fur farms in Europe. And it just went from there. We, we covered a lot of ground. Uh, we documented the rescue of beagles, purpose-bred beagles, who, um, who had been kept in a lab and who, be, who were adopted. And then for animals and entertainment, we looked at animals used in aquariums, dolphins specifically. We went to uh, we went to the USA and to Europe for that. Wow! And you already had some experience with the aquatic side um, with your time on Sea Shepherd. Um, we were talking about it earlier. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was a real honor, one of the biggest honors of my life, actually, to ever uh, to get to volunteer my time with Sea Shepherd. And they need hundreds of volunteers every year to uh, do the on-the-ground stuff and go out in the boats. And they asked me to join them because I had the skills as a, as a photographer. And uh, it was the, one of the most amazing times of my life. I was definitely a bit scared with all the direct action, uh, high-adrenaline stuff, putting my life at stake... But, uh, but it was wonderful, and Paul Watson is such a hero of mine. So such a pleasure to, to serve under him. What was, uh, what was the scariest moment for you on the Sea Shepherd? Well, to see our, our fellow Sea Shepherds uh, have their boat rammed while they were on the top of the boat, that was the Adagil, and see their boat go under the Japanese one and then eventually sink a couple days later. Just, um, you know, in those moments, we didn't know if they were alive. That was awful. Um, and then personally, uh, I didn't like going out in the small boats, but that's my job is to go out, you know, chasing the other boats in the, in the small ones. And because I'm the photographer, <laughs> <laughs> I have to do those things. But seemed like everyone was really a lot more brave than I was. Everyone wanted to go in the small boats, but it's just so scary <laughs> out in the ocean and you could get lost. But it was okay. 
I'm so glad I went and came back in one piece. <laughs> well, we're glad you made it back too. And I'm super impressed and proud to be sitting with you for having done that. So, you know, people appreciate it all over. I just, we hope that you all know that, Thanks. you know. Yeah. Our clients, the whales, appreciate it the most, I hope. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many projected uh, lives of whales that Sea Shepherd has saved. Another question I had for you is tying in your own personal vegan experience with having to kind of separate yourself and go into these slaughter situations and photograph, um, you know, the cruelty and experience that. Sure. Well, yeah, as a vegan and activist, I'm certainly, you know, very compassionate and empathetic towards the animals I'm witnessing and documenting as, as they die or as they're kept in awful captivity in these factory farms and um, there is a part of me that I have to turn off in order to do this work and uh, to not suffer too much afterwards I did go through PTSD and I had therapy for that and uh, I've learned some tools now to um, to cope with all the things that I see and that a lot of activists have to have to cope with I mean we we're so compassionate we get really traumatized and I'm not just using that word lightly we actually get traumatized um, Quite deeply from seeing these things so we need to look after ourselves and uh, and it's okay to turn off um, a lot of activists are working on high emotion all the time around the clock and uh, it's it's okay to you know kick back and have some fun or turn that off if you need to get something done and also to avoid burnout and the animals need us there are so few animal rights activists out there and they need every single one of us so we have to look after ourselves and um, and take care take yoga classes yeah. yoga <laughs> good plug jiva mukti yoga of course yoga for angry vegans yeah yes of course <laughs> <laughs> we have to celebrate baby steps and we all have this end goal and for some people the end goal is world veganism and um and it's different for others but if we can focus on the small changes every day then there's it feels like there's a lot more to celebrate and we do have a lot to celebrate i mean look how many vegan restaurants there are look at how much more animal rights is in the media now and a uh, big industry is really fighting back because they're afraid of of the cruelty that's being exposed so i mean those are good things the fact that they're fighting back um, there's a lot happening and so we have to celebrate we have to celebrate the good that's why we're going to the hoedown this year. <laughs> it's like vegan Christmas. <laughs> That's where Joanne and I met some, supposedly. Yeah. Probably. From Sanctuary Hoedown. You're coming this year, Lovi? Hopefully. I would love to go. I haven't been there yet. I've only been to the, I've never even been to Farm Sanctuary yet. So. That's well, you're coming. Yeah. Yeah, this year. This is the year. First weekend of August. Put it on your calendar. Two weddings. Amen. No. <laughs> okay, so we'll party for you. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, oh, well, you said something earlier about um, archive, the archive of we animals. You want to talk about that a little? Mm-hmm. Uh, the project started small. Yeah, we, I was saying that I was shooting close to home, and then it, it just grew into shoots that were farther afield and more topics covered. And I started not seeing it just as a, you know, a, a photo project, but an historical archive 
of, uh, you know, hopefully in 30, 40 years, it'll be an archive of history, you know, of what no longer happens and what should never be repeated. And, uh, you know, so the photos are useful in, in the now because they change people and a lot of people are go to the site and get informed about things. But later on, uh, it'll have a whole different meaning, I hope. And actually, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what the project will be then. So now you're moving on to the next project with with the book, and then following that is even the We Animals Education Program. Yeah. So tell us about that. Sure. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm moving on from We Animals, though. I'll always be I'll always be shooting We Animals and adding to the archive and doing stories. Uh, we wanted just We being my board, uh, We Animals now is a board, which is crazy. Uh, they're amazing. And we wanted to branch out and just reach as many people as possible. And a lot of animal people see my work and will find my work uh, through campaigns and stuff. But uh, what about schools? And youth are the future, of course. And uh, they're going to be making the laws. And they're going to be the farmers and the scientists and the teachers. So compassion and empathy need to really be cultivated in a huge, huge, huge way in schools, in families at a young age. So, long story short is that we've started a branch of We Animals called the We Animals Humane Education Program. And the website is humaneeducation.ca and I've modeled it after uh, a lot of the stuff I've learned from uh, the Institute for Humane Education in the USA, love them. And so I'm going into schools and I'm taking all these stories that I've shot from around the world and uh, doing slideshows and uh, to kids, actually people of all ages. and. Uh, the main message is to widen our circle of compassion. It's about considering other animals in all of our decision making. And it's also about using our own skills to make the world a better place. You know, I, I go into the schools and they see very clearly that that's uh, the skill I have is photography and I use that to make the world a better place. But what can they do? And we all have passions for things and we all have uh, skills that we can use. And and, uh, and I think we all just need to be helping each other. And uh not just the animals but the environment and humans and everyone and I'm trying to cultivate you know be part of cultivating a society where helping others is just something that's natural it's something we do all the time and that's not how it is right now right like we're all so uh, me-centric so trying to shift that we're rekindling compassion here folks we're bringing it back one radio show at a time <laughs> just one photograph at a time do you, um, having experienced all these different kinds of animal exploitation across all these different categories, I guess in, on your website there are categories or um, just ways that humans interact with animals, Do you, have you had any epiphanies about connections between all of the different abuses or anything that you've learned, like... I guess, you know, humans, we, we find patterns in things. Have you found any greater patterns that, that you could talk about? That's a tough question. <laughs> patterns that I've noticed between all the cruel industries that I've photographed. Yeah, or just like the way that humans see animals, what causes humans to disconnect from animals, things like that. Well, out of convenience, we're taught that from a young age, right? It's uh, because animal use is so ingrained. It's absolutely not questioned most of the time. 
so it's a really hard thing to chip away at, but, and hard, yeah, hard to chip away because it's all, you know, since we were, since we were kids, so no matter what industry you're looking at, people are going to see these industries as normal, so we have to reverse what's normal. <laughs> we also can keep the faith that all of us were raised in this society, and yet we found, you know, earlier the conversation was you saying, we are, as animal rights activists, so empathetic and so compassionate that we really feel the trauma from this. And I think that a lot of people would also if they were ex exposed to it. And now they're, you know, with We Animals and all the, like, the few other animal rights projects out there, they're actually getting to see photographs captured. So you are bringing people essentially the message of you know, it's not just convenient. Look how inconvenient it is mm -hmm. for all these other beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's not just chipping away. It's really presenting to people something that they have never questioned. And, you know, we have, as animals and humans, we have the capacity to be compassionate. And it's just about being shown. And that's why photography and, and you know, the, the film and, and the book of photos is all very... It's, it's evidence to people of what they can see. And I think just looking at your photos, Stephen, you can, you can see your message so clearly. It's not like the circus animals look like circus animals. They look like tortured, abused mm. creatures. And mm. you can really see that. And hopefully when people start to see, they, they can't unsee, can they, right? Like you have to work pretty hard to put the walls back up. Absolutely. And, and when people start to see, then all of a sudden it's all around them. And that's some more thinking required. And hopefully, eventually, people make uh, more compassionate choices. Um, um, and also, you mentioned about, uh, you know, you gave the circuses as an example. That's also very much what We Animals is about, of course, is showing what's hidden and showing what's beneath the surface of things. And it's funny because I can go to... Uh, a zoo or a circus and document the cruelty but the people next to me are taking pictures as well but our pictures look totally different <laughs> and that's one of the, the important things about we animals is reframing things and capturing capturing other moments and giving text and context and then whoa the image is totally flipped even though the image can be quite similar to the person beside me yeah that is an interesting thing about photography like what separates because there, there's kind of a cultural way of taking photos, I think. There's, like, the you see these Kodak moments, I guess you could say, and, and that's how people people are kind of trained, you know, they're trained or indoctrinated to take photos in certain ways, the same way they're indoctrinated to take, uh, to, to believe that eating meat is all right. And so there's, to be able to, to be a photographer of, advocate for animals you do have to shift that gaze to a different perspective um, and it can be very powerful to to do that and if you haven't looked at the we animals website joanne is very talented at capturing those emotions and and i suggest everyone go ahead and look at those uh pictures well there are different kinds of photos um because I'm an animal rights photographer, uh, people might assume that I take typical animal rights photographs. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that's really gory and shot from the typical human perspective, which is eye level shooting down from a certain distance, but the images don't look like that at all. I'm trying to make a connection between myself and 
the animal or I'm trying to document a situation that the animal is in, uh, show the surroundings, show the suffering, but it's really not about blood and guts uh, and crime scenes the way a lot of animal rights photography is. It's, uh, and if the image is painful to look at, the image also has to be beautiful so that the person looking at the image doesn't just turn away and recoil in horror. Uh, if it's a painful image, it has to be made such that it's painful, but they don't turn away. They look because it's beautifully composed and, uh, and there's a deeper meaning that, that comes out when you look at it for a few seconds. So, yeah. One thing I think I noticed most about when I was you know, browsing through your gallery more this afternoon was the eyes, the eyes of all these animals. You captured something really beautiful um, from both ends, you know, the rescued animals and the mm -hmm. tortured and abused, and, and it's really, um, it's all in the eyes, I think. You really bring out emotion. Yeah, and, and Derek knows about this too. I mean, if you're photographing a pig and you want to get a really great expression, don't just stand there pointing down. Mm -hmm. uh, you crouch down and talk with the pig, and of course they'll come over and socialize with you, and there's a uh, a light in the eyes and an interaction between the two, which really brings uh, the situation and the picture to life. Do you find that animals are naturally feel safe around you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know, because then I'm going to start calling myself an animal whisperer or something. Yeah, yeah, people, you are. People often comment that animals are really... Uh, really comfortable with me and I think it's just because I'm so incredibly excited to see them you know I crouch down and I let them come to me and I smell them and they smell me and maybe I act like them a little bit <laughs> makes them comfortable who knows but I'm, I'm never happier than when I'm with an animal <laughs> me neither especially you two animals <laughs> <laughs> we animals <laughs> so uh, we kind of touched a little bit on your own personal experience as a vegan I, I would like to hear more about your actual going vegan like going vegan and um, being vegan in on location mm, sure stuff like that yeah uh, I was getting into animal rights and I was vegetarian and I heard about farm sanctuary so I thought okay I'll I'll do an internship for a month there but part of the deal was that you had to be vegan on the premises out of respect for the animals. And I thought, well, that's really extreme. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule. So I'll go be vegan for a month and then I can't wait to get back to being vegetarian uh, after that. But to my surprise, on day one of being vegan, which was April 1st, 2003, I had only been a day vegan. And to my surprise, I just felt really liberated spiritually. And it was one full day without taking part in consuming any animal products and not taking part in industry and supporting industry. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. This is a revelation. I feel fantastic. And then I started realizing as I learned more and more about animals and animal rights is that veganism isn't extreme at all. It's the incredible cruelty and confinement of billions of animals every year, which is extremely extremely extreme <laughs> if I may say and uh, and uh, there's a saying uh, from Edgar's Mission Sanctuary in Australia they have this really incredible slogan and it's so simple and it really sums up for me veganism and why I'm vegan and, and how easy it is and uh, their slogan is if we can live happy and healthy lives without harming others then why wouldn't we so right easy really. like, how, can, how can you argue with that and, you know, I think that's what that's Jenny Brown talks that that one a lot. She does, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Just a little Woodstock plug, no big deal. I, I think it, it's a, it's an effective animal advocacy message, you know, um, rather than like uh, criticizing people, just just saying, well, I have this choice to be an ethical person, and that's what I want to do. I think Why the, not? I think that's always a con- a good simple response too for when people are like, well, isn't it so hard to be vegan and I and you know for those of us who especially live in New York City or any sort of mm-hmm. city life it's it's just so not hot it's so easy it's it's well, tell them what we had for dinner <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them no don't tell them <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, it, was, it was a bit of vegan junk food we admit it it was but really was greens. delicious we had yeah. greens yeah we had some collards yeah we, we had deep fried greens <laughs> <laughs> no. they weren't yeah. deep fried come on Okay, I'll let them off the hook. I ate all the deep fried everything. <laughs> they ordered the greens. Yeah, sure. She's, she's here from Canada. She's on a little binge. It's her. <laughs> We're just being supportive of her binge. Yeah. That's all. I appreciate that. Promise we don't eat like that all I did all the have time. a green smoothie for breakfast, so I have a pass. <laughs> hey, I was all fruit this morning, so I'm good, too. You had a cantaloupe and a banana? Yeah. A whole cantaloupe. <laughs> How about you, Joanne? <laughs> Do you really want to know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just tell us it was fruit. Make yourself feel good. Uh, I did. I had an apple with peanut butter, but also oh, that's good. Also toast with peanut butter. I had some peanut butter today. That was peanut butter. It's a free. fallback. Your website is weanimals.org, mm-hmm. and then the movie is that have a website. Yeah, it's the same website as the title, which is theghostsinourmachine.com. And then the We Animals Humane Education program is humaneeducation.ca. Well, for closing, could you just give us one uh, moving story of an animal encounter you've had? We one. gave you we so, gave much, you so time. much time to think about this. <laughs> you can you can do two you or three if you need to. Hundreds. I have so many. Share one. I have so many love stories with animals around the globe and. We all have, well, I have a favorite animal. Maybe that I'm not supposed you to. You do? Yeah. Uh, the Speciesist. <laughs> Don't you guys have favorite animals? Animalist. Do you not have favorite animals? You're my favorite like animal. Like a favorite kind of animal? Yeah. I, I, all of them. A favorite kind of animal, like species? Do I like bunnies? Is or are you just talking about an individual? Species. No, species. Oh, That's species. That's why I call her speciesist. Oh, I see. Well, I, I do have an affinity for pigs, but I also like goats. And there's probably a lot of wild animals that I haven't met that I, I would love to. <laughs> All you wild animals out there. I, I really love bunnies, but I also have a special affinity for pigs also. So, but bunnies live in my life every day. She's got a great song about a bunny. <laughs> Are we going to end the show with that song? <laughs> well, acapella. No, no. When you are a bunny. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, tell us about yours, Joanne. Um, uh, a lot of the animals that stay with me are those who have shown forgiveness. There's Julia, who was a who is a pig at Farm Sanctuary, and she was so terribly abused and rescued in 2012 by the farm, and and now she's everyone's best friend. And that, she was the one that had, had pig. twelve piglets. 16 piglets. 16. Yeah, and uh, that was just hours after being rescued, and she was beaten close to death at the farm she was at. And then within a week or so, she was, uh, you know, grunting in our faces, which is a sign of, you know, it's a hello from them. And just to see their capacity to, to forgive 
reminds me what strong, incredible animals animals are, and they deserve. They deserve so much more than we give them. Uh, there was a there was a sun bear. Uh, he was my <laughs> my favorite. I met him in Cambodia. He was rescued from the bear bile industry, and he was four years old, and uh, he'd been in a cage his entire life, and then. Um, before he was rescued, he also had his two front paws cut off. And so this, oh this bear just could not be more abused. And yet, you know, at the sanctuary, he could have been playing outside with, with all the other bears and roaming around, but he preferred to be close to the humans inside where he could beg for his favorite treat, which was pineapple jam. And he could just socialize with us the way dogs like to be close to us um, he wanted to be around and playing with his toys near us and I was taking his picture a portrait of him and I just got too close and he grabbed me really quickly and he pulled me to him uh, in through the bars in with his stumps so imagine imagine what that's like to be you know temporarily held in this embrace by a bear in held in his stumps and uh, he could have he could have killed me instantly but he just was playing he just wanted a, a hug Wow. You just described one of my dream experiences. <laughs> like, every time I've been somewhere where there's bears camping, I just always say, you know, all I want to do is hug this bear. Why would the, you know, all, all the experienced campers, what do you do when you see a bear? And my instant response is, put out your arms and go for a hug. And I usually don't get a laugh from them. But <laughs> I really mean it. Yeah, That's an amazing experience. Yeah, it was. And again, if he could show that kind of um, lightheartedness and forgiveness, then we, you know, we owe it to them. And even if they don't forgive us, you know, they just deserve so much from us. But it, it's animals like him who remind me of how incredible they are and, and to keep pushing in the work that I'm doing for them. Excellent. I'm inspired. You're going to write a song about Joanne? Definitely. It's coming. We have to think of all the things that rhyme with Joanne. I think we're going to call it Red Bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> More things rhyme with joke. Um, oh, yeah, joke. Let's work on that later. When MacArthur, the Canadian, went from wearing tubes to saving two Save it to dance The animals you